0: Well, we've been talking about uh, rebel comedians of the 1950s and 1960s. Let's talk about rebel comedians of the 21st century and have a visit with our longtime pal, America's foremost political comic and regular contributor to this program, Mr. Will Durst. Welcome back, Will.
1: Hey, guys. how's How's it going?
0: It's going well. Oh, good. We've had fun talking to Jerry Knockman about uh, Mort Saul and, and, and Lenny Bruce and, and the Hungry Eye and the Purple Onion, and I, I have no doubt that you have uh, some opinions about those people and venues, etc.
1: Well, I think a lot of people say that uh, my style reminds them a little bit of George Carlin. And uh, I think instead of uh, uh, an Italian-Brooklyn guy or uh, Irish-Brooklyn guy, you know, uh, kind of a German-Polish-Midwestern guy, we both kind of channeled through Lenny Bruce. And I think <laughs> that's why. Uh, I think Lenny Bruce was pretty much the mentor to all of us, uh, anybody who did political stuff. And I did political stuff, mostly because that's what was going on, you know, back back when I started out in 1974. I mean, it was all about uh, politics. Everything was about the war. So you know. I just fell into that kind of trap. And I read three or four newspapers a day. My dad did. My stepdad did. I just thought everybody did. So that's I grew up with. That.
0: Well, I got to ask you about Mort Saul. I'm curious. He's still out there working. He doesn't work much anymore, but he's, he's he hasn't gone away. Did you take much inspiration from him? A lot. He was
1: He was the guy who changed everything, who made it okay to talk about politics. I mean, before him, it was all mother-in-law jokes, and she's so fat when she sits around the house. She sits around the house. Um, Yeah, so he was the guy who brought kind of a jazz, a verbal jazz mentality uh, into comedy. And he was always doing topical stuff. I saw him a couple years ago, and it was uh, his 80th birthday. And uh, he was up at Rancho Caso and I was able to open up for him. Well, I just introduced
0: him. Oh, wow.
1: But his first line on stage, this was when uh, Paris Hilton was having her problems, and his first line was on stage was, if Paris Hilton goes to prison, will that rob her life of meaning? And it was hysterical <laughs> because it was so timely, and it planted him in the here and now. It was just wonderful.
0: You uh you, you operate out of San Francisco, and of course those legendary venues are probably not not so far from you know where you operate these days. Did you ever have a chance to go see some of these guys back in the old days?
1: I've seen Mort Saul uh, maybe 10, 20 times. I've seen him a lot, but uh, i never I didn't get out to San Francisco until 1980, and by that time the Hungry Eye had been sold and turned into a strip club. And uh, although I've worked the Purple Onion because the Purple Onion has reopened. And that's a great club. And if you look at the 60s, all, all the albums of, of the comics were all uh, uh, recorded at the Purple Onion. And, uh, you know, it seats like 75 people. I mean, it's a tiny, subterranean space. It's just gorgeous.
0: Well, I remember my parents going off. I forget which one he operated. And they went to go see Lenny Bruce in the early 60s. And I always thought that was very cool because he was attracting national headlines uh, even then for being controversial.
1: I wonder where they saw him.
0: I don't know which one it was. I, I, I don't know. Because but... there
1: was Ann's 440. There were there were a bunch of clubs down there.
0: Do you have any stories about some of those owners, like Enrico Banducci and those guys? Did you ever cross paths with those guys?
1: Oh, I met Enrico a couple of times, yeah. And uh, never got to perform at Enrico's place. I, I saw uh, Mort Saul there. Uh, Enrico was uh, having problems and uh, financial problems, and Mort Sal did a week. And it was a lot of fun. I did. I watched it for a couple of days. And then I saw a couple of other acts there, and I got to speak to him a couple of times. And he just had, he had wonderful stories. The fact that uh, Joe Kennedy went after Mort Saul after Jack got elected, right? He went after all the club owners and said, "Don't hire this kid." And, and Enrico Maducci said, "Are you crazy?" He put me on the map. Then suddenly, from out of nowhere, Enrico Maducci had tax problems just wow. because he wouldn't not hire Mort Saul. San Francisco has always had a love affair with stand-up comedy, so that was one of the reasons that I came out here.
0: We asked Jerry Nachman. His book is filled with, you know, all, all, all the, you know, most of the important people from the '50s and '60s. Um, people like, you know, uh, Mike Nichols, Elaine May. Is, are there any people that you, are your favorites among among that crowd?
1: Uh Shelley Berman, who I always thought was underrated. I, I still like Jackie Mason. I still he he, he still to this day makes me laugh. <laughs> and Mort Saul, uh Ronnie Schell, I've run into him a lot. He was one of the the mainstays uh, of San Francisco. He's a native. He grew up in Richmond and uh went to San Francisco State and he still does uh benefits for San Francisco State. So I got to work with him a couple um I think a couple months ago the end of February.
0: You know, I've always, I've always been curious about Ronnie Shell because remember when he was on, he'd make, he'd show up on television. My mom and dad thought, oh, that's that's Ronnie Shell, local boy makes good. But the only time I remember seeing him was on the Gomer Pyle show, <laughs> where he didn't exactly shine.
1: Yeah, he was on the Gomer Pyle show. He was also on uh, the Marlo Thomas That Girl show. <laughs> he played her agent. Well, yeah, I... and his, uh, you know, he was big on the the the, the Sher, Don Sherwood show here, the radio show that was. Uh, a precursor to Alex Bennett and Howard Stern. And, you know, it was personality radio in the morning, and he had the whole city listening to him. And uh, Ronnie Shell was a regular on that show. So, I mean, to, to hear the history of uh, San Francisco comedy. And then Robin Williams, of course, came out here uh, way early I know he got discovered. My wife does improv, and she she did a lot of improv with him. Well, right during Mark and Mindy, when he was getting incredibly famous.
0: You know, I've seen your wife here in in Sacramento, and and uh, you know she's pretty good. I just want to put that out there. <laughs>
1: she is. She's real funny. Yeah, ticks me off. <laughs> She's the she. She actually introduces herself as the funny Durst.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you you sir are coming uh, coming locally here on this weekend. You're coming to the Crest. You make regular appearances out here, and uh...
1: well, I love Sacramento for a lot of reasons. One of them is that the the audiences read, <laughs> and uh, I, I say that my stuff is comedy for people who read or know somebody who does. You know, and so. Sacramento's perfect for me because they kind of got the Midwestern mentality about very good values and it's something that I grew up with in Milwaukee but they also are very smart and you can't you, you can't fool them so they know what's going on and, and it's it's the perfect demographic for me it's it's the it's the bullseye of my target
0: well, I want to note too that, of course, we're being broadcast out of Davis. We get reheard uh, up, uh, up on, up in Chico a, a week later. I'm just glad for our part that that a lot of people, uh, younger people, aren't as familiar with you, and and they hear us on our show, and they're kind of won over. And I'm I'm, oh. I'm pleased well, to note I that. Oh,
1: uh, well, I hope they are able to come down to the crest this Saturday on the eighth.
0: And and you're calling yourself the lieutenant governor of uh, what is it?
1: The lieutenant governor from the state of confusion, <laughs> and I have many constituents. <laughs> See, I don't want to be the real governor. I, I can't. Yeah, you can't govern these days. So.
0: All right. Well, yeah. what 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 time's the show? Just I. I'd a... Eight
1: o'clock.
0: Eight o'clock. The Crest. Eight All right.
1: o'clock and thecrest.com.
0: Well, we'll we'll be there and say hello. And anybody else sharing the stage with you, we should know about, or?
1: Yes. Yes. Keith Jensen's going to be out there, so uh, he's he's going to be opening up for me. So people get a chance to see. Uh, the two political comics for the price of
0: one. All right. Well, uh, you know, uh, people are saying just as we close that uh, your kind of political humor is kind of on the wane here in the Obama era, but...
1: Uh... Well, he's no George Bush, I will say that. Because <laughs> no matter what you thought of Bush for political comedy, man, he was pure gold. He was <laughs> like a Reagan and Quail-headed kid. But uh, <laughs> Obama, every, every week there's another page turned, and most of the pages seem to indicate that... People are still not comfortable with the fact that the country is being governed by a black guy living in public housing.
0: <laughs> the inimitable Will Durst. We're pl- pleased that you came back here, and and let's uh, you know let's keep you on here every week like we do, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday. I appreciate
1: it, Doug. You stay out of trouble.
0: Man. All right, Will. All right, we've got about three minutes left in the show. Let's do just two quick obituaries. First, the passing of a local man, Roy Grabenauer. He was once the chief electrician for the Department of Motor Vehicles in Sacramento. But what makes him a rather singular figure is he invented the popular sit-on-top kayak called the Royak. It was back in 1968 that he used an airplane wing tank to, promote, to build a prototype for a boat that resembled a topless kayak. He patented and sold the vessel, which he dubbed the Roy Act to water enthusiasts around the world. Noted a lot of manufacturers at first poo-pooed it, saying, ah, that's, that's not a kayak. But he didn't care. And God bless you, Roy Grabenauer, I got two sit-on-top kayaks, and I've had an immense amount of fun with both. And if you knew Roy Grabenauer at all, I'd like to note there'll be a celebration of his life from 1 to 4 p.m. May 15th at Orangevale Community Center. And it's noted that in lieu of flowers, donations may be made to the American River Parkway Foundation. Without a doubt, the American River Parkway is one of the great treasures of our local area. Speaking of rivers, we have a villain to note the passing of. Well, villain in quotes, but Floyd Dominey, a man we mentioned a few weeks back when we were talking about the water controversy in California. Floyd Dominey died on April 20th at age 100. He was a commissioner of the Bureau of Reclamation from 1959 to 1969 and believed that a good river was a damned river. Naturally, he was lauded by a representative of the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, who said he was a legend. Mr. Dominey's tenure is best known for the opening of Glen Canyon Dam, which plugged the Colorado River and flooded a glorious canyon landscape, but did create Lake Powell. Conservation has considered the dam one of the worst environmental sins in the West. Mr. Dominey called it his crowning jewel. We do have to keep in mind in the future that, you know, if we're planning to get a lot of uh, power... From water resources, this does involve damming up canyons. Not that there's a great deal of room to expand in this area, because, you know, we've pretty much dammed all the good canyons. And a final item of the day, we note uh, a picture in the Sacramento Bee last Sunday. After 10 years of fieldwork, Dr. Robert Durlett, former director of UC Davis Medical Center, was assessing data about the negative impact of cattle grazing in the Sierra. I'm Knutson at a recent article in the Bee about how cattle waste has been fouling Sierra streams prompted a letter from Michael Stark who noted that I found Annie O's self-serving contention the Forest Service is doing a good job managing cattle and that, quote, there is filtering before any of the fecal matter gets into the water, unquote, to be utterly divorced from reality and symptomatic of someone who has little interest in actually leaving her desk to observe the ruinous consequences of her agency's policies on the land it's charged with protecting. Let's head Tom Knudsen and uh, Dr. Derlett to our list of uh, desired guests. Actually, Bob Derlett told me years ago he'd come on this program. It's me who has failed the follow-up, so I'll, I'll see if I can't do better. We're out of time. Our thanks to Will Durst. Our thanks to Gerald Knockman. We're going to go see Will at the Crest on, on, uh, on Saturday, and maybe I'll see you there. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. We'll see you next week at the same time.